Are you ready to tap into Web3's limitless potential? Consensus 2024 is the place to learn from the biggest brands and most influential creators, forging new ways to connect with customers. Brands like Adidas, Coachella, MoMA, Rediverse Studios, Animoca Brands and more will share strategies and tips at Consensus this year. Broaden your horizons on emerging tech with all-day summits delving into the most pressing questions facing the industry today. From AI to immersive worlds, to gaming, to tokenization and everything in between. Artists, brands and tech evangelists eager to shape the internet's future will find their tribe at consensus. And listeners can use the discount code CMO Stories for 15% of their registration. See also the show notes and the podcast episode description. Instead of go, starting from the coolest, shiniest tool, let's look at my probably most boring problem and not the coolest, shiniest tool because the most boring problem is probably causing 30% of inefficiency and spend. Welcome everyone on the Web3 CMO Stories podcast. My name is Yuri Belast and I'm your podcast host. Today is the third interview at the Web Summit and my guest is Daniela Braca. Daniela is the founder and CEO at Defined.ai and as a founder and CEO, she is a World Economic Forum AI technology pioneer and the recipient of many entrepreneurship awards. Daniela was a member of the 12-person task force that advised the US president on AI strategy. Hi, Daniela. So great to meet you. I'm delighted, Yuri. Nice to meet you. So, guys, I have a really interesting question. It's an open question about generative AI because too much things are going on. What is for you? How do you look at it? What is the status in the various sectors of generative? First of all, generative AI is not new. It's been around for, AI has been around for 50 years. And generative AI is a way to create inexistent or unseen content from seen content. Okay. As the whole principle of text-to-speech recognition, speech recognition, not so much, but the text-to-speech which is the, the content generation through voice. But the concept of image generation or image identification, all of these things are, have been around for 20 plus years, except that now with ChatGPT uh, on everyone's pocket, it looks like it's new and it's not. It's been around. So that's the first myth. Yeah. AI has been around, genetic yeah. has been around. That said, we are seeing now interfaces between natural language and voice to code, to music, to image, to video, to any content you want to create through these interfaces of voice or text. And this has been to a point, this is a, to the, to a point now that is very exciting. It, it's unseen so far to music, to sounds, to everything. Exactly. I'm also using it in my daily life, but AI has been around so long, but now right. it's accessible for the audience now yeah. with chat GPT and so on. But of course, with new technologies, um, there are always some ethical considerations you can Look at, I know for you, you, you think it's really important and you, it's important. 
Can you talk about for your business and maybe in general the ethical aspects of AI? All AI starts in data and data needs to be consented, paid for, representative, unbiased and transparent. That's what our company is all about. We are the largest marketplace of training data for AI, ethically sourced. Our data comes from partner data, real-world data, that is all uh, anonymized, consented, paid for, and shared with the partners, the revenue part, and legally made, available, commercially available for our customers. We have simulated data that goes through our own platform, and that is also deals with people. We collect data from all over the world, people's voices, images, biometric information, but under consent and anonymization, it's untraceable to the contributor and everybody uh, understands what they're signing for. In the case that a voice, for example, or the likeness of a person needs to be a brand, uh, used for branding and we have to buy the commercial license of uh, perpetual usage of your voice, for example, but not exclusive necessarily, that it has a different price. It's everything is clear and transparent. And then, of course, there's another type of data, which is synthetic data, which is really generative AI-based data, that all of the three sources of data allow customers to create unbiased models and more diverse models, which, because you never have, for example, African-American dialect in, enough in real-world data that you can create models to address those types of dialects or people who come from like minority groups in America and don't understand Portuguese-based speakers or them. So those are, that's all the, the three combinations of sources and our principles and data with values that define what we do. But of course, ethical AI goes beyond data, goes by, goes for, around the application, the design, the testing process, and the accuracy and reliability of the model. So thank you for sharing that, Daniela. Um, of course, we are on the Web3 CMO Stories podcast, so I have also a question about marketing and generative AI. There are a lot of strategies possible. Um, can you talk a bit about that? Yes, I, I recommend to keep uh, an eye on a podcast that keeps us updated in five minutes daily, which is the podcast from Aptio. Yeah. In five minutes, it gives you the gist of the tools of the day. Currently, for marketing, you can use, you can create with Adobe Firefly a whole PowerPoint from text to image, from text to, and in, and in changing the background pixelation or images inside the actual image. You can add voice in different languages even. You can actually have a narrator. I think it's the tool is Pictory and you create the whole video without hiring a narrator in any language, not in any language, but in a good set of languages already. And the sequencing it's a, it's like a story, you design a story more than it designs it for you. You can create with the 11 labs is a yeah. very good, interesting way to create text-to-speech, except that it doesn't ask the person for consent. That is a big red flag. You cannot create a deep fake. That, that's why the executive order in the United States will in, in, enforce a watermark on AI-generated content. 
precisely to not deceive people, right? So it's a problem of deception. It's all good if the content is created artificially. You just cannot be deceived. And so on the deep fake part of the Eleven Labs, it's very interesting technology because I'm from the time where you had to collect 50 hours of a person in studio to re- to create sim- generative content in text to speech. Today, with these foundational models that contain so many languages and voices, you create them. You you just need a voice, almost voice adaptation of a minute or two to to generate a decent text to speech model. Except that. Microsoft, for example, if you are building a voice on Microsoft technology, you have to record a consent form. Record, really. On 7 Labs, on 11 Labs, you you cannot do that. And you cannot. You don't have that option. And that is not going to be... That is part of the principles of ethical AI, especially when a tool becomes viral, there is responsibility associated. If it's just a, a, a test... It's all good, but there is a heaviness, a responsibility when a tool becomes vi- viral or it's not so much, in my opinion, uh, around revenue generated. It's about usage base. Yeah. It can change very quickly in this world. Of- Abs- absolutely. It can really go quickly. And there are a lot of tools out there. And then and then there is ChatGPT. And I see that the ChatGPT is also evolving all the time. And I see yeah. myself going back to ChatGPT because... With trillions of par- parameters right now. The mm-hmm. tool also need to have an added value over mm-hmm. using ChatGPT. And uh, there are so many tools. So it's... Uh, it's uh, about 300 uh, large language models. GPT is one. Mm-hmm. Actually, Falcon seems to be ahead of all of them in the leaderboard. And we have Llama. Yeah. And Llama is bringing a Llama, and Meta is bringing Llama 3 very soon. So, uh, Llama being a more efficient model okay. from a parameters building standpoint. So, yes, it's not easy to, if you are not inside the space, to see which tool should I use because everyone is talking about another tool and with, with other prompts and stuff. But yeah, how, how do you keep yourself mm-hmm. clarity on everything that happens? Uh, do you read a lot? Do you do, listen to podcasts? We, first of all, we are enabling the builders of these technologies. So we, by default, have to be up to date to know what what to recommend them with the best data to improve their models. So that's one. Yeah. We, I don't, in principle, we like to try everything, we, but we have a ethical, an ethical responsibility to distinguish, for example, the models who script web versus the models that acquired it legitimately. And, and we know who they are. So until we know that in the case of OpenAI, they have been building a model very fast. They probably never expected to see this usage base. Now they seem to be moving towards a, re- a re-evaluation of the data they mm-hmm. had there. But they, that wasn't the case before. Yeah, we never worked with OpenAI. And we did try, and there is now it seems to be a little bit more opening to to look at what data do they have inside. Yeah, we but we keep up, and then there's you got to be on top of Wall Street Journal Tech News, mm-hmm. actually one of my favorites. 
And the up to you guys with five minutes briefings, I like it too. It's really okay to the point. Is and I guess your podcast too. I'm trying to do that. Yeah, I always say to people listening to my podcast when I meet someone, it's like in a restaurant, you get a menu. So for you, listen to this and this podcast. Yeah, or oh, you want to learn about AI, listen to the podcast episode with Daniela. You want to learn about NFTs, you want to learn a little bit about mm-hmm. so I So it's a bit broader, but actually, yeah, I'm learning by listening to podcasts, but also by interviewing people like you, Daniela. <laughs> And Daniela, as, as everything continues to evolve with AI, what advice would you give to businesses that are thinking about their AI strategies? There are two types of businesses. AI is here to stay, first of all, and, and there are the big enterprises and, they are, and there are the smaller enterprises. The big enterprises need to make a decision whether they're going to buy or build, because if you're a big enterprise and you're going to rely a lot on these models, they're going to be expensive. They're going to get expensive. It's expensive to build as well, but it depends on your market. It yeah. depends on your customer base. If you're go- they're, they're, The world will evolve towards uh, aggregation of offering. Uh, not today. We have probably 300 like, large language models, mm-hmm. but that's not going to be the day tomorrow. No. You, the the if evolution will be into almost cannibal, cannibalization of ones for another's or M&A transactions, mergers and acquisitions, and others will just die. Yeah. Uh, towards a world like that, it will be a concentration of options. And the first question is, are you going to build or are you going to buy? If you're a smaller company, you have to pick your point in productivity. What is my main concern? What do I need to, where do I spend more money in people's, in the people's side of the, of the house? And where can I make the best impact of productivity? Yeah. And then reverse engineer to, instead of go, starting from the coolest, shiniest tool, let's look at my probably most boring problem and not the coolest, shiniest tool because the most boring problem is probably causing 30% of inefficiency and spend. The best problems to solve with AI are the boring problems, are not the cool generative old, uh, ones that uh, are more sparkly now, but are not necessarily the, what business people should go for first. Actually, that's also, I'm doing some AI workshops also for clients to help them. And I always ask them, let me know what is the process or things that are boring, that take time, that, that we have a look at that. How can we solve this? with AI instead of the other way around to use this fancy new tool yeah. that you should use. So Exactly. And now when we are recording this podcast here at the Web Summit, ChatGPT came out not so long ago with their individual, how do you call me? I don't know what's it their people can make their own GPTs. I don't know even if we called it. Call it. Yeah. What are you thinking about it? Because this opens a world for more and more possibilities. People can create now GPTs without knowing any coding. Do you see, are you excited about that? It's the dream of the centralized web, but for <laughs> GPTs. I I do see, I, I still don't see that happening, honestly, because even I see wrappers around open source mm-hmm. pieces of code and you can you will have an open ai api whether it's whisper or dolly or whatever it is and you will you will be able to wrap 
call, call that API and build it, build it in, in your application. And that is not necessarily because for you to like a Llama model and even a GPT there, if you are sophisticated enough, you can start building your own expansion of your model. And Llama allows, for example, to build on-prem on your own cloud, on your private cloud, which GPT doesn't, because mm-hmm. OpenAI doesn't allow that. So some some of these nuances people don't understand that every time they are interacting with the model, even if they think it's their own, they are actually improving OpenAI's model. And in Llama, if you actually, de- if you can deploy it on your own instance and build from, and actually augment it in your private instance without going back to Meta. Those are the small details that people need to take uh, account for. And so there is no such thing as you build your own GPT. No, you build, but not everybody is sophisticated enough. And it's not on GPT, it's on Llama or other options. Exactly. But Alain, it's, it's, it's good quality detail. For me, it's a real good insight from this podcast episode. If people are now listening to this, that, yeah. <laughs> they all sound, look the same, but they're very different. The way they're made, the way they are deployed. Everything is different in all these models. Yeah. The time is running, Daniela, because we are at the WebSmith. I know that they will kick us out of the boot here very soon. I know you have other things to do also. But if people want to know more, because you already tease them a bit with everything that's possible, where would you like to send them? See if people want to know more about us. Yeah, what you're doing. Yes, to our defined ai website main website and the resources we have the blog section and the white paper section and we just launched our manifesto of ethical ai stating our ground truth of how we operate the data aspect because all ai starts in data and without the right data and the unbiased data and the transparent data there's no fair ai and responsible ai actually that is my background also with data but that's for another time <laughs> Guys, as there will be a blog article, there will be show notes. You will find all the links that Daniela mentioned over there. So, Daniela, thanks again for being on my show. Thank you, Yuri, and have a great time in Lisbon again. Thank you. And if you're now listening to this podcast episode, you think, wow, really cool insights. You can share this with people around you, that other marketers, other entrepreneurs, other people with an interest in AI. If you're not yet following the podcast, this, this is a good moment to do this. And of course, I would like to see you back next time.